are listening to Julia's Trucking Cafe News Hour. Hey everybody, welcome to Julia's Trucking Cafe. How is everybody doing? Thank you so much for joining me. Everybody get something to drink and have your snacks? All right, let's get right to the news. A trucker found dead in his cab during winter storm on Grapevine. Now, this is out in California. This was reported on a day after Christmas, December 26th. The California Highway Patrol is investigating the death of a truck driver found inside the cab of his truck on Grapevine. The truck driver was found unresponsive in his truck around 8.30 a.m., on Thursday by a tow truck driver on southbound I-5 in California. Authorities responded and pronounced the truck driver dead at the scene around 9 a.m. California Highway Patrol says that the truck driver was not involved in a crash. Police believe he may have been pulled off of the interstate to sleep. The cause of the driver's death is still under investigation at the time of this article. Grapevine was closed since around 10.30 the night before as a heavy winter weather storm dumped a large amount of snow on the area, causing several vehicles to get stuck. State Route 58 was also closed for snow. The California Highway Patrol says that there is currently no estimated time at then for the roads to open, but as we know, they are opened up now. And the FMCSA, Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration, doubles the random drug test rate for truck drivers. They will be... It's, in this article, it's, it states we'll be dramatically increasing the number of random drug tests that will be administered to, to commercial drivers, license holders in 2020. The notice that was put out the day after Christmas, FMCSA announced that it would increase the minimum annual rate for random drug tests for truck drivers from the current 25% to 50% effective January 1st. So that's already in effect as I'm recording this show. According to the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration, the increased drug testing rate will mean that 2.1 million random controlled substance tests will need to be conducted in calendar year 2020. Doubling the random drug test rate is expected to cost the trucking industry an additional 50 to 70 million dollars in 2020. The FMCSA is required to increase the random drug test rate from 25 to 50 percent following any calendar year during which the reported positive drug test rate is equal to or greater than 1%. This requirement was laid out in 2001, a final rule entitled Controlled Substances and Alcohol Use and Testing. The FMCSA says that the positive rate for controlled substances, random testing in 2018, is 1%, up from an estimated positive drug use rate of 0.7% in 2016 and 0.8% in 2017. The minimum annual percentage rate for random alcohol testing will remain at 10%, the FMCSA says. So the minimum is 10%, the maximum went up, jumped up to 50%, doubled. And in other news, a truck driver survives a fiery crash into a bridge. Michigan police say that a truck driver suffered only minor injuries in a violent collision with a bridge on Thursday afternoon. The crash was reported around 1.40 p.m. in Fenton, Michigan. 
you're traveling southbound in US 23 and left the roadway and drove up an embankment, then crashed into the Owen Road Bridge. He, the truck caught fire after it hit the bridge. The driver luckily only su- suffered only minor injuries in this crash. And truck drivers out on the road were surprised for Christmas by a little four-year-old. A group of drivers who weren't able to make it home for the holiday were surprised at a South Dakota truck stop by, quote, a little trucker, end quote, who wanted to thank them and wish them a Merry Christmas. It all happened on Christmas Day at the Coffee Cup Travel Plaza off I-29 near Vermilion in South Dakota when a little girl named Trinity and her parents stopped by to spread a little Christmas cheer to invite, or excuse me, cheer to to spread a little Christmas cheer to drivers stuck out on the road for the holiday. Excuse me. Our four-year-old asked a question this year. What happens to all the truckers who can't go home for Christmas? We, We told her just like her daddy has done before, stay at truck stops. Well, she was not having it. No cookies? No turkey? So then she said, we must bring them Christmas. So today we are driving all around finding you truckers to say thank you for all you do and have some Christmas cookies. From a four-year-old, future Jesse Schmidt farm and trucking girl, just like her daddy. And uh, in the little note that she gave everybody, it says, Merry Christmas. I wanted to bring some Christmas holiday to you since you can't go home. Thank you for making it possible for me to have a Christmas. Merry Christmas, hugs and kisses from a little trucker. And in other news, 45 Florida inmates complete CDL training behind bars. Dozen of inmates at a Florida prison were recognized for completing their CDL training at a recent graduation ceremony. On December 20th, the Santa Rosa Correctional Institution held a graduation ceremony to honor the accomplishments of 45 inmates who graduated from the popular truck driver training program. The Secretary of the Florida Department of Corrections, Mark S. Inch, was on hand to attend the graduation ceremony. The CDL program offered by the prison requires a minimum of 150 hours of training, including 20 hours of classroom work, 20 hours of behind-the-wheel training, and simulated training three hours per day for two weeks. The students will still be required to pass their written and skills test to officially earn their CDLA or CDLB. The CDL training program also works with local trucking companies to help the former inmates find employment when they are released. And a bill would require all rigs to be equipped with GPS. And how many times do we say, don't follow your GPS? Yeah, I talk all the time about not following your GPS, and now a Virginia lawmaker recently introduced a bill that would require truck drivers to install and use a commercial GPS. House Bill 170 was introduced by State Delegate Terry Austin, day after Christmas. The bill is reportedly a response to an increase in traffic trouble caused by stuck trucks and bridge strikes. The bill, but GPS don't necessarily tell you where there's a low bridge. I have a Rand McNally and it doesn't tell me where the heck a low bridge is. The bill would require commercial vehicles to be equipped with a global positioning system specifically designed for large commercial vehicles that assist such vehicles to avoid low overpasses, avoid prohibited roads, and identify highways suitable for such vehicle. 
The bill would require the GPS device to be used at all times except when the truck is on an interstate. House Bill 170 is currently awaiting referral to a committee. So, you know, mine doesn't doesn't show where there's a low overpass or anything like that. And I've, I update it monthly, and it doesn't show it. I wrote to Rand McNally about that. And in other news, black ice sends a semi barreling into oncoming traffic. Uh, once again, trucker's dash cam captures the moment he loses control on an icy road crossing the median and nearly hits another semi head on. Maybe if we slow down, like I've been saying and saying and saying in bad weather, maybe this kind of crap wouldn't happen. But you can check out the video in the article. And a Texas news crew captures a semi plowing into a pileup after being hit by an SUV. A local news crew was filming as they were almost hit by an out-of-control semi in Texas. The incident began in a foggy stretch of U.S. 84 in Lubbock County when several vehicles crashed in both the eastbound and westbound lanes. As troopers were responding to these accidents, news crew was on scene filming and an eastbound semi-truck driver reportedly lost control after an SUV driver changed lanes in front of him and struck him. The truck was caught on camera by the news crew as it slid and came to a stop within feet of the camera. And you could see a state patrol running for his life in the photo. According to reports, the sliding semi-truck struck a trooper and another vehicle, leaving a person trapped inside. Both the trooper and the person who were trapped were taken to the hospital but are expected to survive. And NFI by South Carolina Trucking Company. This morning, logistics giant NFI announced that they have completed the acquisition of GMP Trucking Company out of Georgia. Oh, I, my bad. Out of, they're a, a South Carolina-based, my bad. And, and was acquired by NFI for an undisclosed amount, expanding NFI's presence in the Southeast, according to December 30th news release. GMP operates approximately 370 tractors and 3,000 trailers. NFI says that the addition of GMP will grow them to a total of 2,700 company drivers and 400 owner-operators. This acquisition was made in part to expand NFI's drayage presence at the ports of Savannah, Norfolk, and Charleston. Quote, GMP is a well-respected, family-owned transportation company with deep-rooted history, and our shared values of family and integrity create a perfect cultural fit, end quote, said Sid Brown, CEO of NFI. Unifying the talents of both NFI and GMP teams, we are excited to bring even greater value to our customers through our robust suite of solutions. Together, our combined footprint will distinguish us as one of the largest dedicated transportation providers in North America, end quote. NFI is based in Camden, New Jersey, and generates about $2 billion in annual revenue. NFI also acquired Long Beach, California-based drayage company Cal Cartage in the fall of 2017. And Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration boasts about year in, year's accomplishments in spite of a troubled 2019 for trucking. And this was the New Year's Eve the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration shared an end-of-the-year rundown of their, quote, accomplishments in 2019 that left several members of the trucking community confused and pissed off. 
On December 30th, the FMCSA released a recap of their 2019 quote, achievements and key priorities for sa- improving safety on the nation's roadways with large trucks and buses, end quote. Historic hours of service proposal, improving regulatory efficiency, critical grant funding, supporting military service members, fighting human trafficking, helping people find jobs in trucking, exploring new technologies, and raising awareness of large truck and bus safety. Several members of the trucking community took to Facebook, of course, to call out the FMCSA for their congratulatory tone when the trucking industry is struggling. Wendy said, is this a joke? Because it's in very poor taste, considering death rates of professional drivers has peaked and you just delayed the mandatory driver training rule for two more years? I don't think you understand what the word successful means. Matt says, congratulations on making the trucking the most dangerous job in America. Now with a blind eye to training standards and zero flexibility with hours of service. Great job. In October of 2019, the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration shared startling new stats that indicated that the first full year of the ELD mandate being in effect, fatal crashes involving large trucks increased by 0.9%. And if you are a listener to my show, you remember me talking about this. And additionally, large truck occupant fatalities also increased by 0.8% to 885 in total for 2018. This marks the highest rate of large truck occupant crash deaths since 1988 when 911 people lost their lives. Additionally, December 17th report from the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics, I could never say that word, showed that truck driver topped the list of deadliest occupations in the U.S. in 2018, and I just talked about that in my last episode. While the FMCSA finally debuted their long-awaited Hours of Service Notice of Proposed Rulemaking, or NPRM, in August 2019, many members of the trucking community felt that the changes did not provide enough of, quote, promised flexibility for drivers. Additionally, in spite of the fact that the comment period for the NPRM had been closed for more than two months, there has been no word on when the final rule will be published. The FMCSA also drew ire from trucking groups like OOIDA this year when they delayed the decades in the making driver training rule by two years. Late November 2019, the FMCSA announced that they were moving back the compliance date from February 7, 2020 to February 7, 2022 to allow state driver's license agencies time to update their IT infrastructure internal procedures, budgeting allocation to properly record driver course completion information. This year, we also saw the head of the FMCSA, Administrator Raymond P. Martinez, step down in October without a replacement. Late in 2019, the FMCSA announced a 50% increase to the random drug test rate that is expected to cost the trucking industry $50 to $70 million in 2020. Worst of all, thousands of drivers lost their jobs this year after a difficult freight market caused in part by an increased regulatory burden forced hundreds of trucking companies, large and small, to close. But yeah, they're just doing a really great job, you know it? And a Georgia cop catches a truck driver with an unsecured load violation. And this is right around New Year's. This is... That week, Georgia authorities shared a photo featuring an unsecured load. 
December 30th, Georgia Department of Public Safety shared a Facebook post about a traffic stop on what could have been a very dangerous heavy equipment haul. Violation of the week, Region 1, stopped this unsecured load before it could cause any harm. Facebook users were both grateful that Georgia police took the unsafe load off the road and surprised at the decision-making of the driver who made the call to haul the equipment. Yeah, it's a big track hoe, a big excavator, and no chains, and the tracks are off of the edge of the trailer, hanging over the edge, no flags, no nothing, and... You know, it's a, it's a two-tandem trailer, um, low, not even a, really a low, low boy or anything. And uh, when he would go around a curve or anything like that, what's to say this dog thing would, you know, would tip over or, if you know, he would go too fast around a curve. So kudos to them for taking that off of the unsafe roadway. This episode of Julia's Trucker Cafe, Trucker News Hour, is brought to you by... My Patriot Supply. As truck drivers, we all know what it's like to be at a shipper's or receiver's and have to wait to be loaded for hours on end. Am I right? Especially produce coolers and paper mills. So, we have a new sponsor, My Patriot Supply. Now, it's not what you may be thinking. My Patriot Supply is emergency food. They have food kits that are good up to 25 years. They come in a slim line tote or a really cool looking ammo can. I could speak from experience. After living through Hurricane Katrina in my mobile home, we were without power for 10 days, my mother, my son, and I. And if it weren't for the MREs that were flown into us, we wouldn't have any food. Four 60-foot pine trees broke in half during that storm and landed across my driveway, landlocking me in. I couldn't get out for food. And there were four-mile gas lines then. If I knew then what I know now about my Patriot Supply, I would definitely have some of this food stockpiled in my pantry. Now, for a limited time, you can get a one-week supply of food for just $39. That's breakfast, lunch, and dinners for a whole week for just $39. And they even carry gluten-free food for under $100. All you have to do to get yours today is go to my website at juliastruckacafe.com, click on the Emergency Food Supply tab, scroll down, and click on any image to find out more information and to order yours today. You need to stay prepared. Now, this coming week, I just saw on the Weather Channel that there's a more ice coming to Missouri, more ice coming to Michigan and Wisconsin and in northern central states. You don't know if it, the ice is going to break down power lines, if the truck stops are going to have power to even cook. You need to carry supplies in your truck at all times. If you're a newbie or even in your truck or your car, if you're a newbie to the show, thank you so much for, for listening to me, but you really need to stay impaired. It's er, prepared. Sorry, it's definitely important. Now let's get back to the news. A truck driver adds a car to an already oversized load. An overseas truck driver hauling an oversized load hooks and drags a car. The video clip was captured in China on December 29th. He's got this big, long pipe on this flatbed, and he swings around the curve of this intersection, and he hooks the top of the car and drags it for a while. And our top story, tumbleweed piles up and traps cars in a truck for hours. In Washington State, 
The police say that multiple drivers were trapped for hours at a bizarre tumbleweed pileup. And this was January 1st. This incident dubbed Tumbleweed Geddon happened on De- December 31st, excuse me, near Richmond, Washington, when wind gusts sent hundreds of tumbleweeds onto Highway 240. Washington State Police reported that the tumbleweeds were 20 to 30 feet high in some areas. The tumbleweed pileup trapped several cars and a truck for several hours before the DOT crews using snow plows were able to clear away the tumbleweeds. Trooper Sarah Clausen told the local news, everybody said, oh, it's just a tumbleweed, drive through it. But literally, you had vehicles driving off the road because they couldn't see the roadway. Even semi-trucks were on the wrong side of the road. A little bit of chaos and a lot of, well, we haven't had this before, but I guess we'll just figure it out. Luckily, no one was injured. And in Georgia, a quick trip crash leaves a semi-truck overturned and 10 vehicles damaged. Georgia police were investigating a semi-truck driver reportedly lost control following a collision with another vehicle. He overturned and crashed into a gas station parking lot. This happened at 7 a.m. in Norcross, Georgia on Jan- around January 2nd. Overturned tractor trailer on Jimmy Carter Boulevard at Brook Hollow Parkway. We counted eight cars that got hit. I'm checking with police to see if anyone else was injured. Early reports indicate that the semi-truck was involved in a crash with a two-passenger vehicle that was stopped at a traffic light westbound on Jimmy Carter Boulevard. This crash caused the truck driver to lose control and veer off the roadway down an embankment and into the gas station parking lot. The good news is that nobody died in this hot mess. And another cup trucking company shuts down, this time on New Year's Eve. In Texas-based trucking company ended 2019 by closing its doors for good, pointing to insurance costs as a reason for their closure. Dibol, B-O-L-L, Texas-based Fleetwood Transportation Services, Inc., shut down for good at midnight on December 31st. According to FMCSA Safer website, the company employs around 240 truck drivers, also contract with more than a dozen owner-operators. In a December 17th letter to owner-operators explaining the reason for the shutdown, company leaders said that the insurance costs were a factor in their decision. Quote, we would have liked to have given you and your employees more notice, however, has not been until recently that Fleetwood Transportation Services has been able to renew its insurance. At that time, premiums for the insurance become unaffordable and the decision was made in the last week to cease operations as of December 31st, 2019, the last day of 2019. The company also asked drivers to complete the haul of any dispatch loads and promised to pay them for their services. Fleetwood Transportation Services has been in operation since 1956 and specialized in flatbed and oil field transportation. 2019 saw hundreds of trucking companies close, as we all know, and that I have reported on. And in other news, remember I told you about the law that California was trying to pass some months ago about affecting the owner-operators and lease being leased on and that they're trying to make everybody instead of a subcontractor a employee 
A federal judge granted truckers in California a temporary stay against a labor law that could threaten the jobs of tens of thousands of owner-operators. On New Year's Eve, U.S. District Court for the Southern District of California granted a temporary restraining order that will prevent the state from enforcing the controversial labor law AB5 against truck drivers. AB5, which went into effect on January 1st, 2020, would force many companies that employ independent contractors to reclassify these workers as employees who are entitled to minimum wage and workers' compensation. Employers who violate AB5 risk paying large fines. The lawsuit asking for relief from AB5 filed by the California Trucking Association on November 12th. The CTA argued that AB5 infringes. AB5, which went into effect on January 1st, would force many companies that employ independent contractors to reclassify these workers as employees who are entitled to minimum wage and workers' compensation. Employers who violate AB5 risk paying large fines. I'm sorry if I'm redundant. There was some beeping going on outside, and I didn't want you all to have to hear that. Um, The CTA argued that AB5 infringes on interstate commerce and threatens the ability of approximately 70,000 independent truckers within the state to earn a living. The temporary restraining order will remain in place until January 13th when a hearing is scheduled for the CTA's request for a preliminary injunction against AB5. Under AB5, workers must pass the ABC test to be labeled as an independent contractor, meaning the worker must be free for control of the company. Worker must perform work outs, quote, outside the usual course of hiring entities' business, end quote. And the worker must be engaged in independently established trade or business of the same nature as the work that they are performing. In other words, what that all means, from what I understand from my research, is that you have to have be an owner-operator with your own authority and be pulling for a company, not be an owner-operator and be leased on to a company pulling their trailer under their authority, under the company's authority. The CTA argues that prong B of the ABC test, which reads that, quote, that the worker performs work that is outside the usual course of the hiring entity's business, end quote, is preempted by the Federal Aviation Administration Authorization Act of 1994. This act prohibits any state from, quote, enacting or enforcing a law, regulation, or other provision having the force and effect of law related to a price, route, or service of any motor carrier with respect to the transportation of property, end quote. I will keep you updated as this story progresses. And some drivers say that they're back on paper logs after an ELD outage. One driver said she's experiencing an ELD crash. The new e-log system is going to put us out of business, I think. A large number of truck drivers have reported that they are experiencing major functionality issues with their PeopleNet electronic logging devices, or affectionately known to us drivers as ELDs, I'm being facetious. Multiple sources, including Freightways, have reported that PeopleNet-ELD devices are malfunctioning due to syncing problems between the server clock and the GPS related to the changeover to the 2020 calendar year. 
Drivers have reported lengthy login times, and some say multiple reboots were required to even make it to the login screen. Not only PeopleNet, I have OmniTrack slash Qualcomm. I'm having the same problem, and the screen takes forever to change. PeopleNet is a Trimble transportation company. They did not respond to requests for comment. Some drivers are reporting that their PeopleNet display reads, quote, this device is not functioning as an ELD. Paper logs may be required for backup. Check manual for instructions. Additionally, the display date on several drivers' PeopleNet devices appear as 5307. Over-the-road driver for Eklund wrote, Our entire fleet PeopleNet computers went down December 31st, 2019. Apparently, the onboard calendar of the devices manufactured in 2007 goes from 2007 to 2019. We now, I use... uh, the ELD function because the computer does not recognize the calendar year of 2020. We're on paper logs until they correct the problem, which apparently cannot be done via programming. Laugh out loud. Thanks, people, that for not seeing this problem coming, end quote. Federal Motor Carrier Administration ELD regulations allow for the use of paper logs for up to eight days in the case of a device malfunction. It isn't yet clear how long it may take for Trimble to resolve the PeopleNet issues. Well, PeopleNet don't work. Guess what? You're going to have to probably go with another service. You know, rules are rules, even though they're, I, you didn't hear me say this, they're made to be bent. And get this, people, especially you veterans. Semi-full of belongings from three active military families were stolen on Christmas. Isn't that enough to piss you off? Out in California, California Highway Patrol says that there is a happy ending for three military families who lost all of their belongings when a semi-truck hauling them was stolen on Christmas Day. On January 3rd, the Stockton Division of the California Highway Patrol shared a news release detailing the theft that threatened the holidays for three active-duty military families. Quote, on 12 25 2019 the theft of a tractor trailer and a 53-foot trailer uh, occurred in Stockton. The trailer contained all of the belongings and property of three active military families who were in the process of active-duty relocations. The property had a total value of over $100,000. Investigators from Delta Regional Auto Theft Team, comprised of in Stockton and Police Department, Manteca Police Department, Tracy, San, um, County Sheriff's Department, and uh, uh, on probation teamed up with California Highway Patrol Cargo Theft Interdiction Program to investigate it. On December 28th, investigators located and recovered the stolen truck and trailer in the city of Manteca. Later that evening, investigators, uh, investigators authored and executed search warrant at the home of the suspect identified as Michael Travis Forward in the city of Livingston, during which they located approximately 90% of the stolen cargo load. Excuse me. On December 31st, investigators located and arrested Michael Travis Forward in possession of a stolen Harley-Davidson. Suspect Forward was booked into the San Jonquin. I may not be pronouncing that right. County jail on charges related to auto theft and cargo theft. The investigation is still ongoing, and investigators continue to attempt to locate 14 stolen firearms. The task force is asking for the public for assistance. Anyone with any information is asked to call the Delta Regional Auto Theft Team 
at area code 209-948-3790. Again, you can call if you know anything about these 14 stolen firearms to the Delta Regional Auto Theft Team. You can make an anonymous tip at 209-948-3790. And finally, a truck caught on camera dragging a building down a highway. A motorist shared bewildering video of a bizarre building structure hall. The video was reportedly captured in Staunton, Virginia on New Year's Eve. The motorist filmed explaining just riding around and building and a building popped out onto the road smoking and just had to record it. And apparently he either lost the trailer or just figured, well, I'm just taking it down down the road. So yeah, yeah. I, I want to say I greatly, greatly appreciate all of you who tune in every week to listen to me on the cafe. If you are new here to the cafe and you would like to check me out at the bottom of every podcast episode on the website, where you can find it at juliastruckacafe.com under the cafe menu and shows, I have links that I have listed where you can also find me, like iHeartRadio, YouTube, Apple Podcast. Spotify, Spreaker, SoundCloud, and many more. Also, please like us on Facebook. And don't forget to join our discussion group at Julia's Truck at Cafe Regulars. I share recipes on the website, videos, the stupid things that drivers do, and much more. If you wouldn't mind, I humbly ask, please subscribe to our email list. And I will send you the show notes right to your inbox. You could subscribe at juliastruckatcafe.com slash newsletter. That's juliastruckingcafe.com slash newsletter. This way you don't have to come back to the website, which I'm glad that you do, to view the articles that I reference in the show. You could find them in your inbox every week. And in the future, I'll be having new things coming out. And if you're on the email list, you'll have priority in getting those new things, getting like insider info of the new things that are in the work. Before I forget, please feel free to leave me a comment on the bottom of any episode that you listen to, or shoot me an email. I read each and every one. If you and I have an idea for an upcoming show, my email is info at juliastruckacafe.com. So thank you so much for listening. I hope each of you have a great week. Please be careful over the weekend. It's going to be hell again, hell on wheels outside with all the ice and the changing weather conditions please 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 slow down use your headlights use your turn signals if you have your wipers on you need to have your headlights on at the same time use your turn signals if you are on wet roads and you're seeing spray then it's not freezing yet keep an eye on your temperature gauge inside on your dash which is usually on the ambient or outside temperature that's going on outside usually i would say between 29 and 31 degrees it's starting to freeze most people don't understand this you know roads are dry hey no problem but if they are starting to look wet please back off slow down be have been listening to Julia's Truckin' Cafe Truckin' News Hour. Check us out on Facebook and Twitter. Take care. Have a blessed day.